hello to whatever time you're listening, listeners. I thought this was a song at first, and then it... Yeah, me too. It was about to break out in a song, but then I thought better of it. Mm. Uh, hey, guys. Hello. <laughs> Welcome to the 13th Floor Podcast, starring me, Cece. Uh, supporting me, Alex. And star. James. I'm not, a, I'm not the star. Alex is angry because I told him to do his topic last today. <laughs> so he's a little salty, so. Salty. Yeah, it's just what you got to expect, listeners. Expect? I can't speak. I'm done. Mm, yeah. My Maybe mouth is cold because I'm eating some Tillamook ice cream. Why are you Why are you eating on the podcast? I, I was forced to down a sandwich and beans from Steak and Shake before this podcast. I didn't. So we could beans? I didn't. Yeah, he beans. Like, Alex always they got good baked beans, beans over there. He always gets the beans. <laughs> I have never heard of that. I've never heard anybody order beans from Steak and yeah, Shake. Yeah, yeah, yeah. They come in this cool little, I mean, they, not when you go through the drive-thru, but when you buy it there, they come in this nice little pot. Hot. Oh, yeah. so good. Weird. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, I know, I know right, James? <laughs> Whatever. Go ch- choke on some sauerkraut, James. <laughs> <laughs> um, how have you guys been? Do you guys have any fun stories? No. Uh, <laughs> James, what, what, do you have what, any? What, well, Alex, what movie did you see and what's the verdict? Oh, no. No. I get, <laughs> I, I'm giving a hard time whenever I talk about my movies. I'm not saying a day. <laughs> oh, my God. <laughs> <laughs> I, I told you, James, he's salty today. Salty. Um, I went and saw Dr. Sleep and oh. it was way better than I thought it would be. Oh. Like... It's a pretty good movie. Like, I would say it's great, but then people would expect it to be like The Shining level, uh, and it, it's gotcha. not. But it's a it's a really surprisingly like good and well made follow up to The Shining. It's got Ewan McGregor in it, right? Yes. I feel like he picks his movies carefully. Yeah, he's a good he's a good actor for sure. Hmm. <laughs> James, what well, James? Do you have any exciting news? Uh, they changed uh, one of the genuses of two of my pets, Pumpkin and Spice, and I'm annoyed because I can't pronounce it. Uh, they for like 40 years it's been Brachypelma, and now they changed it to a Nahuatl word, which we talked about in the podcast. I think it was the last episode how hard Aztec is to pronounce. It's yeah. like Tiltocoatl now. So my Pumpkin is not a, a Brachypelma albopolosum; she's a Tiltocoatl albopolosum, and Spice <laughs> is a Tiltocoatl vagans. I, I'm speechless, James. I don't even know what to say to that. Yeah, I, yeah. I, I know. I bet all of our all of our listeners in their cars right now are just calling yeah. their nearest scientist to yeah, complain. Like, how yeah. dare you? Yeah. Writing strongly worded letters to arachnobiologists. Arachnologists. <laughs> arachnologists. You were close. Yeah. Uh, listeners, I guess we didn't really introduce the podcast. This is a 13th floor podcast where we talk about things that are strange. Like the the huge name change of of James's. This is not this is not a science news podcast. It's not, but it's weird. Forty yeah. years, Alex. He's uh, James of forty years. Doctor, and then all of weird. a sudden they're like, "Let you know what? Let's just shake things up a little bit." Yeah. 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 What spurred the change, James? A uh, few more morphological differences between different brachypelmas under a microscope, and they were like, you know, some of these aren't as closely related as we thought. In the end, man. So both of them got recategorized. Yep. Man. Well, James, sounds like you've been on the wrong horse. I'm going to take my hat off for a <laughs> moment, and we're going to have a moment of silence for <laughs> for the name change. So.
All right, there we go. <laughs> I can't believe everybody just sat there. Yeah. Uh, oh, wow. You guys, what are we talking about today? <laughs> Another about- moment of silence. <laughs> you said you were going thought- first. Oh, my uh, gosh. We're talking about friendly aliens. Friendly aliens. Thank you, James. Thank you for for helping me. We're talking about friendly aliens. Why you shouldn't be afraid of aliens. Aliens that are benevolent and nice, and in some cases, handsome. Uh, Oh. Oh, yeah. yeah. Really? This topic, as we mentioned last episode, was my suggestion. But I also kind of have to give my brother Anthony credit because he told me about the the alien that I'm talking about today. Valiant Thor. Valiant Thor. Yeah. Alex, do you have an icebreaker for us? No. I was letting you do it. Uh, Okay. I I got one. I got one. Okay. Uh, No, go for it, Alex. What are you No, 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 no. Oh, Oh, my God. (laughs) I I know. I know, James. (laughs) (laughs) Okay. Well, since we're covering friendly aliens, I thought I would ask if you could be friends with any alien from pop fiction or This is what I was going to say. Oh, my God. Well, there we have it, then. (laughs) (laughs) I could be friends with any alien. From fiction or from, well, I guess they're all kind of fiction until they've been disclosed but you know what i mean all right you guys you guys answer first because i don't know as many pop culture aliens as you do well as long as they were friendly like like they were my friend they don't have to be anybody else's right the xenomorphs because talk but about dude, a powerful this is what friend. I was oh my god because <laughs> i mean you could take over the world with one of those as your friend you guys are on the same wavelength. Yeah, I, I was oh, trying to weird. think of ways to implement the xenomorph, but I was like, you know, like how fun is that thing really going to be to be around? Yeah, you as know? long as it's as long as it's cool with me, that's the real that's the issue there because they are definitely not ET. No, I, I would picture James like using it to kill a horse and create like a horse xenomorph, and then just riding yeah. it around the globe. Oh, Ooh. such a good idea. Yeah. yeah. Wow. Uh, I would probably want to be friends with Princess Leia. You know, she is oh, technically that's so an alien. weird. I hadn't thought about it, but she's an alien. Yeah, she's that's... technically an alien. So I would yeah. be friends with Princess Leia. I would be friends with Admiral Akbar, so he could protect me at all times and warn me of traps. You know, and maybe he can like show me his underwater town. I don't know. That'd be Who's... fun. Who is, I don't know, know the alien that you're speaking he's about. He's a fish guy. He looks like a fish. And he's got one of those. And he goes, it's a trap. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, that's, that's his most notable line. Yeah. <laughs> that's his rosebud. Oh, okay. All right. <laughs> yeah, let's look him up really quickly. I, I know. He's from Star Wars, isn't he? Yeah. Yeah, 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 yeah. I answered a Star Wars person, and I like I just know like the, the base character. Hmm. Okay. Admiral... Alex is typing one letter at a time. They killed him off in the last uh, movie. What? I don't remember that. Yeah. Oh, that guy. I see. I've seen they, him. They before. killed they killed off Admiral Akbar and when they try to kill Princess Princess Leia. Isn't he like sitting in like a bar uh, yeah, at okay. one point? No. No? No. He's Admiral. Admiral you know Akbar. What? An admiral can he doesn't get a sit drink. in bars. He commands spaceships. Uh, you know what? After commanding a spaceship, he might need a drink. Yeah. I hear he drinks like a fish. good one james with that i think Mm. we should hop right into the podcast james james you're talking about nordic aliens i am 
Uh, well, they're also known as Pleiadians because a lot of people think that's where they're from, from the Pleiadian star cluster, which I think is kind of neat that Pleiad, the Pleiades, Pleiades, however you say it, is pretty <laughs> big in mythology. Like every culture, of course, every culture loves to to talk about the stars in some respect or another, but uh, the Pleiades are the seven sisters in Greek mythology. And then they're the head of the tiger in uh, Chinese mythology. And they are the Subaru that you see on Subaru cars in Japan. Um, and they're often associated as being like every star is an individual and they're all together. And, and that's why in the Greek mythology, they're seven sisters. Huh. But what's peculiar about that is the Pleiadian origin <laughs> is it comes from a fella named uh, George Adamski. And he said that in the mid-50s, and during this time, most contact stories are negative uh, at this point. This is when, like, Cold War paranoia sort of seeped into the subconscious, and all the stories just got scary. Well, this was an unusual one, because he claimed that he met a bunch of tall, blonde-haired, blue-eyed, utterly human-looking aliens, taller than a human being about six to seven feet tall, which, you know, I mean, again, there are people within that range. Oh, yeah. Uh, Very pretty. They kind of make me always think of the elves from Middle Earth. There's something very elfy about them, even though they don't have elfy ears. And thus, the Nazis were born. Alex! (laughs) (laughs) Well, actually, I I was actually going to talk about that. There's a lot of weird theories. Like, there's so many, like, borderline cults centered around the Pleiadians and a lot of them claim that the reason why they look like us is because of, uh, which is, it's interesting. I don't know if we've ever used this word before. Um, panspermia, the notion that, uh, Mm. and it's actually also found in Star Trek, the notion that life on earth was seeded from alien life and as such were related in some way. So in this, in this context, we are, uh, cousins to the Nordic aliens which is uh there's something a little to be honest i'm not trying to get on a soapbox about it but there's something kind of racist about that claim like oh we're related to uh the nordic aliens oh what do they look like white people (laughs) 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 it's kind of weird right uh i mean i don't know it just seems a little biased uh in and of itself the the claim that we're related to them or that they even created us in their image Uh uh that being said, any story involving the Pleiadians tends to be positive, tends to be, you know, they ne- they don't abduct people and operate on them. They usually warn people about some coming problem or they talk about Earth evolving and, and growing to uh, to join kind of a, a galactic union of other planets and other worlds. And more interestingly, I think, is the notion And you see this with pop culture a lot. You see this, there was even a show just about this. And there was a show that also featured them that's unrelated. I'm not going to name names. And then even, I will, I feel comfortable talking about this one. Even Scooby-Doo has touched up on the Nordic alien and the connection between them. Because there's three big aliens in, in kind of modern pop culture. There's this claim, and David Icke's part of this whole theory, that... The greys serve the reptilians, and the reptilians are antagonists against humanity. But the Nordic aliens are on our side, and they're trying to protect us. 
Oof. against uh, you know the greys and hmm. their masters, the reptiles, the lizard people. And I find that interesting. Uh, I don't see a whole lot of evidence for that claim, but we got we got two tie-ins. We got two fun tie-ins. In one of our previous alien encounters, I talked about Kherson Ilyumjinov, who was uh, the president of uh, the Republic of Kalmykia, the only Buddhist uh, nation, I guess, in the uh, Russian Federation. Hmm. And I mentioned that he was abducted by aliens. Well, <laughs> interestingly enough, I mean, I did describe them last time, but it's kind of apparent when you think about how he describes them. They're tall pale, utterly human-looking, in yellow jumpsuits, and they're friendly. That's that's totally the, the Pleiadians. Like, he's describing the Pleiadians huh. very accurately. Basically, what happened, I'll, I'll put a little more detail, because I, I kind of glossed it over. It was kind of a side story the last time. Mm-hmm. Uh, September 1997, he was in his apartment on the balcony, and... Aliens just showed up and kidnapped him. <laughs> so, uh, yeah. And bear in mind, he was president at the time. So this wasn't like, you know, back in the day or anything when nobody knew about him. He had staff members. He had like, you know, national security type dudes, uh, whatever you, the equivalent uh, is that, you know, who, who are the dudes who look after the president? What are they called again? Secret service. Secret service. He had secret service dudes. And they're like, where did he go? They're, they're looking for him for an hour, and they're well, freaking out. I have an idea and, on how that happened, which oh. I'll discuss in mine. Uh, I hope it's not vodka, because it's always <laughs> but, uh, but But he claims that they, they were friendly and that they just kind of like talked about personal stuff. They're like, yeah, yeah, you know, we got these same kind of problems as you. It was like all nice. Well... That goes hand in hand with this notion of the, the Pleiadians, which I'm going to start calling them the Pleiadians from here on out because Nordic alien weirds me out because <laughs> that just means like Swedes, you know. Um, but in my opinion, the most bizarre, modern, ominous and just outright strange theory. This is from, by the way, Forbes. OK, this is not like some obscure angel share site or whatever, angel fire or whatever. Uh, this is from Forbes. <laughs> I'm totally baffled here. Okay. According to the Iranian government, NSA whistleblower Edward Snowden leaked Oof. documents. Yeah, yeah, Snowden, that guy, leaked documents that the Pleiadians assisted the Nazis with their technology in the 30s. And then after the war, uh, as you know, Operation Paperclip, we got Nazi assets. Well, we also got... Pleiadian assets, and they began helping us with our technology, which is where a lot of our modern, like, think about it, America became such a powerhouse in the later half of the 20th century. Uh, Like, you know, that's where Silicon Valley is. That's where all the, that's where the internet was created. That's where all the tech boom stuff has happened. And everybody else has just been playing catch up. Well, according to the Iranian government, the, the documents that Snowden leaked illustrate that this is because the Pleiadians have been assisting us this whole time. And in 1954, they set up a secret regime with Eisenhower. Hence, this this could be the Majestic 12. Oh. Uh, yeah, they call it, no joke, this is what the Iranians call it, the tall white agenda. Because, you know, 
I guess I guess they don't feel closely related to the uh, to the Nordic aliens. I I just don't understand <laughs> why why would the Palladians help the Nazis if they came to Earth to help humanity? Mm. Well, you never know. I mean, maybe it all started out altruistic, and then how, Hitler took uh, over. It was like, uh, nah, bruh, I'm using your tech for yeah. something else. No, I don't. I, I, I just, I'm confused. It's confusing, but yeah. it is amazing how quickly we advanced scientifically during Project Paperclip. Yeah. Yeah, a lot happened. I mean, we went from vacuum tubes to silicon chips pretty dang quick. Yeah. That being said, most people are calling this crazy nonsense. But uh, incidentally, the Canadian defense minister who is mentioned in the document is actually a UFO activist. So there's somebody in kind of the top of the Canadian government who's totally buys into all this stuff and is very open about it. But uh a lot of, uh, according to this document, also there's a bit of a, an internal coup. Like there's there's a lot of give and take between our government and the shadow government run by Pleiadians, and that sometimes we step on each other's toes. And yeah, it, one of the one of the claims is no joke that if anyone opposes the tall white regime that's ruled over by, at the time when this was published, this was published in uh, 2014 by Obama, then they must align with another extraterrestrial power. The implication of that being, if you buy into the whole conflict story, would be if you want to oppose the Pleiadians, you have to align yourself with the reptilians. So, yeah, I thought there would be a more, like, gasp kind of overall. I'm just trying to wrap my mind around around it because yeah. like doing my research i read a lot of stuff about the, the shadow government and all that stuff mm. but i didn't realize it was palladian yeah well again a lot of like falling down the palladian rabbit hole most of the time most of the time that i have encountered uh mentions of them on the internet it has been completely cuckoo bananas it's been like people who worship them, people who think that we're related to them, people who think that they're they're coming back and they're heralding a, a new era. A lot of people, a lot of people claim that they're extra dimensional and that the, the reason why they look like, you know, flipping Scandinavians is because they're actually taking a form that we find pleasant and relatable. And in that sense, we're not actually like genetically connected to them, which I think is a pretty reasonable conclusion. I mean, that makes sense. Like if it reminds me of uh, all the nature documentaries where they they put like a camera on a lion that's you know it's obviously not really a lion, it's kind of like yeah. that. It's like this is what this is what you're used to. This is what we look like. And uh, a lot of the connection seems to be you, you, interestingly enough. You know when when did he get uh, when did Adamski get abducted? The early early fifties. This is when the height of atomic fear sort of started happening. And incidentally. A lot of these Pleiadian stories, that's what it's about. They're warning us against nuclear weaponization, against uh, uh, using using weapons that could destroy the entire planet. And while that's a rational concern to have, and I mean, I imagine if we encountered, if we were technologically very advanced and we encountered a society that had just developed atomic weapons, I can totally imagine people going down and being like, hey, uh... 
you guys need to like take a chill pill and get off each other's grill. Uh, <laughs> that being said, I think that it could e- just as easily be a manifestation of Cold War fears from people and not necessarily that we have cousins about 500 light years towards Taurus. By the way, that's, I'm giving you guys directions in case you want to go visit them. Just uh, find Taurus and then go oh. about 500 light years that way. <laughs> there I, we go. Yeah, Man, I, I'm just, I'm trying to like think like, I'm just so confused as to why they would help the Nazis if they. Yeah. Well, one of the, one of the theories there, you know, it, it, there's a new age concept called star people. And in some, uh, and it's originally an American Indian idea because there's all these American Indian stories about people coming down from heaven and producing offspring, which goes hand in hand with, we could, at some point we're going to cover the Nephilim. It goes hand in hand with that idea. Well, according to a lot of new age weirdos, and this largely comes from God of Aquarius uh, or Gods of Aquarius written by Brad Steger in like the seventies. Some people think that one of the reasons why the Pleiadians are interested in us is because we are genetically compatible and they want to produce hybrids called star people. Now, my big issue with that is even let's assume that they did create us. Let's assume that we do have some genetic connection. We have millions of years of evolution between us. It would make more sense for a person to have a child with a flipping banana or a mushroom than with somebody from beyond the stars. So I I always take issue with the whole alien hybrid theories because it totally circumvents like millions of years of evolution and everything we know about basic human biology. I might be off uh, by a couple percent, but did you know we're only a couple percent away from being bananas in our genetics? (laughs) Yeah, Yeah, we're not that far off. It's, It's not just a couple percent, but we are close to bananas. We're, uh, and in- interestingly enough, I mean, like, if you look at like where we overlap, we're like, a, we're less than 1% away from chimpanzees. We're like yeah. 5% away from mushrooms. And we're, I think we're something like 15 to 20% away from bananas. So yeah, makes more sense that we would have kids with bananas than with, uh, <laughs> ban- and now I'm thinking of bananas in pajamas because that's what they look like. It's like banana people <laughs> hybrids <laughs> than with uh, the Pleiadians. But yeah, that's all I got. Um, yeah, move, moving on. All right, moving on. Guys. I, ju- I just looked it up. Sorry to interrupt. News update, 50% uh-huh. banana. We're all 50% uh, banana. All I was thinking it was like 60 or 70, but yeah. 50% banana. Some debate rages on about 60%. All right, well, <laughs> I, I'm going to get off the topic of bananas, and I'm going to talk about a friendly alien who came to Earth, you guys, and his name was Valiant Thor. Oh, yeah. much of the information has God. Well, you know, you know, well, <laughs> just to go back on what James was talking about with the Palladians wanting to create a hybrid oh. human mm-hmm. and make a star Lord. Oh, oh. I get you. That's our Marvel Hot reference twist. this episode. Cause we've kind of fallen off that bus, but hmm. you guys, most of my information about Valiant Thor comes from a website called Steptoid.com. <laughs> <laughs> and a website called Biblio Biblioteca Pleiades.net. Okay, so Pleiades Library. That's what that yeah. means. Yeah. Yeah. That. 
But Valiant Thor, you guys, he's a very interesting character. Mm-hmm. And I had never personally heard of him until my brother Anthony brought him up to me and was like, hey, you should do Valiant Thor. Mm-hmm. And Alex, I know you aren't familiar with him, but James, did you know much about him? A little bit. There's no way I'm, I've, I've just grazed the surface, though, I'm sure. Oh, well, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna, I'm gonna to scratch the surface just a little bit more. Mm-hmm. So let's dive into the legend of Valiant Thor. Or Val, as many say, he preferred to be called Val Thor. <laughs> he was <laughs> supposedly a nice extraterrestrial who came to Earth from Venus oh. in the 1950s. <laughs> yes, James, Venus. He did not live on the outside, though. He says that he came from the inside of Venus, which is much more hospitable well, to life. Hey, and unlike a lot of aliens, he hasn't been inside Uranus. <laughs> God, you're killing me today with this. Okay, so Val was a very handsome alien. Some people said he looked like he could have been a movie star, but he looked almost exactly like a human, but he had no fingerprints. Oh, so he's like James. (laughs) Yeah, he burnt his fingers on on jelly jar. (laughs) He apparently had very soft, supple skin, but he had the grip of a man. We shook hands with him. It's like shaking hands with a man. Yeah, like that. Yeah, Alex and I just shook hands. (laughs) Oh, man. But he's said to have been six feet tall, about 185 pounds, with brown wavy hair and brown eyes. He was a looker, you guys. He had a suit, which is described as looking like liquid sunshine, which just makes me really happy for some reason. Interesting. He wore a suit made of liquid sunshine. And it was apparently impenetrable. Like you could try to try to break it apart with lasers. Scientists try to do this, FBI or whatever, and they couldn't do it. Mm. Was this like when they first saw him? They started blasting at him, and he's just like no. staring like, "What's up, guys?" I guess he he came. I guess he came to uh, Earth, and they were like, "Here, let us see your suit." And then mm. he was like, "Here, you can look at it." And then they tried to like mm. break it, and they couldn't do it. Man, Venus has one hell of an old navy. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> But Valiant Thor landed his spaceship in Virginia in 1957. So says a man named Reverend Frank <clears throat> E. Stranges. Stranges? Stranges. Yeah, they're like, they're so perfect. Was he a doctor? Because he could have been, been Dr. Stranges. He's, <laughs> he actually said he was a doctor, but I'll talk about that in a minute. But almost everything mm. we know about Valiant Thor comes from Stranges, who founded a group called the NICUFO. If, uh, yeah. The National Investigations Committee of Unidentified Flying Objects. Right. But Stranges, he wasn't just a ufologist, you guys. He was also a man of God. So remember I said a second ago he was a reverend, too. And the FBI says he was a Christian evangelist, and he was also an author. He wrote some books, you guys. Hmm. Including a book all about Valiant Thor called Stranger at the Pentagon, which has been turned into a little little movie. But it came out in 1967. And it's all about Stranger's own personal meeting with Valiant Thor. Interesting. Yes. Yeah, so let's discuss that meeting for a second. Oh. Happened in 1959. So Stranger's claims that Valiant Thor came to Earth for a three-year mission from 1957 to 1960. So he met him like shortly before he left. And Stranges says he came to know Val through his speeches because when he was uh, a reverend, a pastor, he went around talking about how 
the universe is big and we're probably not the only people here. Yeah. Oh, they actually have a recording of that speech. He goes, it's here. We'll play real quick. (laughs) 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 Well, as I mentioned a moment ago, he's Reverend, carried out speeches, blah, 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 blah. But one of these speeches, photographer <laughs> Alex is really cracking himself up over here. He's just sitting here laughing, James. <laughs> <laughs> I'm my biggest fan. <laughs> yes. <laughs> but one of these speeches, a photographer named August E. Roberts, who had apparently taken pictures of Val Thor at some UFO meeting in someone's backyard. A guy named Howard Mender who was apparently contacted by aliens on several, several occasions. It was in his backyard, but Robert showed these pictures of Valiant Thor to strangers, and then strangers started showing them off at his little speeches as like, look, here's definitive proof that we're not the only people in the universe. God has created more. And at one of these speeches, this woman approaches strangers, and she's, she's like, hey, hey, the, the guy in the pictures you're showing off, he wants to meet you oh. at the Pentagon. Oh yeah, and Strange is, is probably like, let's go. Yeah, yeah. So I mean, I would probably be too scared to go. Yeah, that sounds like a trap. It sounds like a trap. It's like one of those places you go into, you never come back out. Yeah, yeah. Well, he was very worried because he's like, I don't have security clearance at the Pentagon. I don't have it. And she was like, Don't worry, don't worry. I got you. Mm-hmm. Because apparently <laughs> they got to the Pentagon and it said in all these little accounts that I read, and I will say there is a lot of consistency about report like. Usually when I see stories about aliens and stuff, you on one website it says this, and on another website it says this. But almost all the websites have the same story, which I thought was kind of interesting. But yeah. anyways, Strangers goes to the Pentagon with this woman. I think her name was Nancy Warren. But they go to the Pentagon, and she shows flashes a badge to the guy at the security checkpoint. And she goes, just do what I do. And then – Strangers, he's not wearing a badge, but he opens his coat jacket to show them his badge, and then they look, and then they're like, oh, go on in. So some websites made it seem like Valiant Thor had the ability to like create fake credentials uh, or to fool the eyes of uh, these uh, people. I was wondering. Yeah. yeah. Interesting. Yeah. And he could also apparently see through walls. Forgot to mention that earlier. Oh. But anyways... Strangers gets to to the Pentagon and he gets through all these checkpoints despite having no clearance. He finally gets in and he meets Valiant Thor. Wow. (laughs) Yeah. He speaks with him for about 30 minutes, which isn't a very long meeting. No. No. But he also also met uh, Valiant Thor's supposed brother who could walk through walls. Oh, wow. What was his name? Valiant Loki? I don't know. (laughs) No, I don't know. There was some, I read somewhere that he had like, there was an alien pal of his named Jill, but I don't know if that was his brother or just somebody else. But Val, Val Thor told Stranges that there were 77 other aliens walking amongst the Earthlings. And Val was apparently their leader. And the ship that he came into Earth and landed in Virginia in was called the Victor One. Wow. Yeah. How weird that his name is, is like, comes from earth mythology and he's named his ship like you'd think it would be called something like or something <laughs> instead of instead of you know an earth translation I don't know. victor one well apparently <laughs> they've been keeping they've been keeping an eye on earth for a while yeah because we're descendants from them well n- no according to james we're not <laughs> so 
Why did Thor come to Earth in the first place? Suck the marrow from our bones. (laughs) (laughs) Says he came with very good intentions. Thor wanted to help us Earthlings. He wanted to give us technology. Basically, a lot of stuff that James kind of said. Give us technology and know-how that would help us eradicate disease and learn to live in peaceful harmony. And also to warn us about the dangers of nuclear weapons. And now, now whenever he drives by, he goes, ah, peace, bro. Peace, well, bro. Most importantly, though, he wanted to bring us all back to the Lord, according to Stranges. Really? Yeah. He told Stranges that humans were further from God than ever before, and he wanted to bring us back. But you That's guys... super weird to me that aliens are Baptists. <laughs> yeah. Well... All the government officials that Thor met with, including President Eisenhower and also Nixon. Created Scientology. Well, no. (laughs) They told him, they said, Guy, they said, Thor, listen, we appreciate you coming here. We want to be friends, but we cannot accept all of your help and knowledge, Val. Oh, why? Why, you ask? Why? Because (laughs) it would throw the political and economical structure into a tizzy, you doofs. Uh. It would put us into a powerhouse position where we could dominate the world. Oh. Well, all they really wanted to know about was how Valiant Thor's ship worked and how he had those impenetrable clothes that I mentioned earlier. Mm. Good things to have, I care about. it sounds like they just want weapons instead of, you know, good things. Yeah, they, yeah. they didn't really want any of the good things, oh, Yeah, unfortunately. They wanted the shadow government... And all these bum, things. Bum, bum, uh. bum, bum, bum. What if Valiant Thor was real, but also the Palladians are real too? And it's just like, they're yeah. all working together. I mean, it sounds like he's a Palladian. <sighs> yeah, I know. He sounds. He does sound like a Palladian. Except he says but... he's from Venus, but maybe that was just because he didn't think people would believe where he's from. Like, I'll just tell him I'm from next door. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but I listened to an interview with a guy named Jeff Rentz, and he had it with another guy named Frank Chile, who apparently knows a lot about aliens and the story of Valiant Thor and stuff. And Chile told Rents in the YouTube video that I watched that Valiant Thor came to Earth with a four-point plan. Oh. Yeah, that being number one, contact all world leaders to let them know that they aren't alone in the universe, but the world leaders wanted to keep things hush-hush. Because mm. they didn't want the world, they didn't want anyone to find out that aliens were real because then it would throw the economy into, you know, crazy, crazy downfall and all that stuff. It's so basically two. the plot to Men in Black. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> point two, he wanted to approach religious leaders about the Lord, but religious leaders <laughs> were like, no thanks. I think we all know what we're doing here. Like the Pope and stuff. Uh-huh. So, I like the idea of someone going to religious leaders and be like, have you heard about our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ? Or yeah, like, yeah. Super weird. I do this every Sunday. Think of, <laughs> it makes me think of uh, the space Pope from Futurama. Remember yeah. the alligator with the Pope hat? Oh, man. So step three, contact all universities and colleges and ask them to come forward with the news that alien presence in the universe is real. Uh-huh. But it didn't happen, apparently. And then step four was grassroots movements to tell everybody else about aliens. And I guess that's where we're at right now. And mm. I guess maybe that's how he got in touch with or why he got in touch with Stranges. If Stranges is telling the truth. Hmm. So anyways, Val quickly realized in order to achieve any of his goals, he'd have to ditch politicians and instead seek, seek out men of God. Which is why he organized the meeting with Stranges. 
Val should just think about doing a podcast, so you probably do pretty well. Mm-hmm. Right. Well, they also say he had an, uh, a dialect that nobody had ever heard, but he had an IQ of like 1,200. Well, yeah, that that was that speech that we just heard. Yeah, there we go. Well, the uh, strangest, he tried to get the word out about Valiant Thor, but you guys, the FBI discredited him. Oh. Of course. Strangers had a very complicated relationship with the FBI and I guess the CIA <laughs> and like the Pentagon because apparently apparently he implied to many people that he may have worked at the Pentagon, which is not true. Oh. So, mm. yeah, they painted up to be crazy, which he could have been. I don't know. But then he also like they could do it to. This is exactly what they would do to discredit him. Yeah, well. he's a crazy nut. Like <laughs> he never met with Valiant Thor. Valiant Thor is just. A myth. He's just a conspiracy. And we know that all these intelligence agencies aren't above fudging some things. <laughs> well, <laughs> Skeptoid.com points out that Stranges claims to have had a PhD, which Alex, you mentioned earlier. Is he a doctor? Dr. 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 Stranges. Is- but they, uh, Skeptoid <laughs> says that the school that he went to, Faith Theological Seminary in Florida, it doesn't offer PhDs. So he wouldn't have gotten a PhD there. But he also says he got a PhD in criminology because he also said that he was like a private investigator uh, <laughs> at the National Institute of Criminology in DC. But that school doesn't exist, you guys. So, oh, wow. yeah. So, hmm. Or they did until the FBI and other intelligence agencies got involved. They said, "Smack, and it's gone." That's right. Another thing to note: <laughs> this is this is a pretty big note, you guys. Um, Strangest story is very similar to that of the 1951 film, The Day the Earth Stood Still. <laughs> uh, I was thinking of that, actually. Oh, yeah. weird. Yeah, so it's like, and I could see him being like, you know, I want to bring people closer to God as reverend, so I'm going to tell them about this, cra- like, get, I'm going to get their attention this way. Yeah. Yeah, I gotta be honest, a uh, pathological liar has a friend from Venus who happens to be the same religion as him. It's a little suspicious. <laughs> James, you, you have fallen into the government's trap. <laughs> oh, do I feel sorry yeah. for you. I'm getting gaslighted. Well, <laughs> while we get most of our information from Stranges, there's another guy who claims to, he claims that Valiant Thor is real. That's a guy named Harley Andrew Bird, alleged nephew of Admiral Richard E. Bird, who apparently claims to have found entrances to Hollow Earth. Wait, did, did you say alleged nephew? Yeah, a, alleged nephew. And I what say that weird because... weird alleged. <laughs> Skeptoid, they, apparently they dug into uh, Harley Andrew Bird's Ancestry.com profile and they can't find any connection between him and oh, Richard, okay. the Admiral. So they think maybe he might have like claimed to be to know him to kind of get some his name out there. I don't know. So he might not be the most reliable source. And then another person who claims that Valiant Thor was real, and this is according to Skeptoid, but I couldn't really find much information on this otherwise, but Laura Eisenhower, great-granddaughter of President Dwight Eisenhower. Yeah. She also apparently claimed he was real, um, but Skeptoid said she was another unreliable witness. And I looked into her, and I found some – she's a very interesting character. I found an article on Gaia.com that was all about her. And she didn't claim to have met Valiant Thor, but she says that she did look into her great-grandpa's experience with aliens. And she says that she found, like, documents and stories that corroborated 
some of the things that he claimed. So she does believe that he met with aliens on, I guess, multiple accounts. But she also claims that she was previously recruited to go on a space trip to Mars with some guy named Agent X. So mm. it's, you know, mm-hmm. wow. it's hard. Who can, who can say? Who can say? But she does. She's like, she seems like she's a nice person. I believe her. So you guys, <laughs> Strange just claims that Valiant Thor left Earth in 1960, but he and his crew are apparently still watching over Earth in Victor 1. And shaking their heads like, oh, oh man. Look at them. They're we even worse get, off now. We didn't do anything. But they're now positioned closer to Lake Mead, Nevada. And I found on Korra that Valiant Thor apparently said that their alien mothership is located about 100 miles outside mm-hmm. Earth's orbit. And some people believe it might possibly be linked to the Black Knight satellite conspiracy. I knew that's what you were going to say. Oh, weird. Yes. we got to cover that at some point, too. Yeah, we'll have to go more in depth with it. Oh, but I'm, I'm intrigued. That's yeah. an awesome name. <laughs> it's this thing that they say is like in the polar... Earth's orbit. Atmosphere. Yeah, Earth's orbit. Yeah. And they think that NASA's trying to cover it up, but it's an alien yeah. spaceship that's been up there watching us for some time. It just it stays in our orbit, huh. which means that it's not a naturally occurring object. But nobody's laying claim to it. Nobody's like, oh yeah, that's ours. Which is it's weird, and it also looks super alien. Like yeah, yeah. N- next time we do an alien thing, Alex, you need to cover it because I think it's a rabbit hole you'll go nuts with. Oh, that sounds awesome. It sounds really cool. Well, we've got Alex has a topic in the future, but that's really all I have on Valiant Thor. It didn't, I like, he's a very interesting, it's a very interesting idea, but I have trouble. Really? I have trouble with it. I thought, yeah, I thought he would be more, I think that I I had a feeling there'd be more concrete evidence of Valiant Thor, but I'm a little disappointed. Well, I mean, there are those pictures of him, but that just like, if you look at the pictures, it just looks like a group of people who are meeting. Like it looks like a picture you would see in a yearbook from the 1950s. Yeah, there's that yeah. like one nude of him while they're shooting his spacesuit, and he's just naked, standing <laughs> watching them. <laughs> he gave them his spacesuit all willy nilly, yeah. liquid sunshine, and they couldn't they couldn't shoot through it with lasers. Weird. I want a spacesuit like that. I wonder yeah. if it was yellow, and that's why they called it liquid sunshine. Which would mean that he's a I picture Pleiadian. it looking like a... Well, again, Ilyuminov, that's that's the kind of clothes that his Pleiadians were dressed in. They were dressed in bright yellow uh, jumpsuits. I know. That's why, that's, uh, uh, James, that's why I mentioned it. Uh, okay. I was listening to you when you were speaking. I think, <laughs> I think, like, what if the reason that they took that relig- or that world leader was because it was they were still, like, kind of hoping that point one in their plan would work? Yeah, like, well, Ilyuminov is a cool dude. Like he really is. Like I would vote for him. <laughs> Just saying, really, really, like one of the most down to earth, cool dudes out there. No joke. You talk about him as though he's like your neighbor, your next door neighbor. That's like yeah. Really I wish cool. he was my neighbor. <laughs> you could see him get zapped up into a spaceship off of his balcony. Yeah, and, and also he's like, played Whoa. chess with like every world leader, just about like anybody who's willing to. He's played with dictators. He's played with presidents. He's huh. just really into chess. Do you think that you could beat him? No. Okay. No, hands down, well, no. He's if you're good. confident to be challenging every world leader. Yeah, exactly. That or you're like just completely delusional. Yeah, he's also the first president of uh, Komyakia, too, by the way. Uh, there's a, they've only had two. <laughs> 
So it was him for like ever, and then there's the dude currently in charge uh, whose name escapes me. Okay, well, cool. Yeah, very yeah. cool. All right. Were you talking about Alex? So I just wanted to briefly talk about why some of the things you all are saying are plausible. Because a lot of times when we think about aliens coming to Earth, we think about them as malicious or... Scary. Yeah, I mean, just malicious in general. But uh, I've got some reasons why these aliens may not be so bad. Okay. And why there's a good chance that they may not have any malicious intent if they're is any other life, right? So, this astrobiologist by the name of Louis Dartnell, he's the one that put up these these reasons why aliens wouldn't want to take over the world or something like that. And I think what spurred this was some of the claims by uh, Stephen Hawking, who said that if aliens came into contact with Earth, that it would be the equivalent of uh, Native Americans encountering Columbus. And we all know how that turned out. Oh, yeah. Technologically advanced civilization just runs over another one. But uh, Louis Darnell doesn't think that would actually be the case. And he's got several arguments for why. So I listed these in ones that I was most concerned about. (laughs) Okay. Okay, What's that mean by concerned? So these are the reasons, like, just me thinking, like, what are the reasons aliens would want to come here? (laughs) They uh, harvest our organs. Well, why would they need our organs for their bodies? Most likely, we're not biologically compatible. Learn how to make pizza. That's a good reason. Hmm. So, I was thinking they would want our water. Don't take our water. Right? But (laughs) Darnell thinks that water wouldn't actually really be much of an issue because there's other places in the solar system where they could find even more, an even bigger abundance of water. Hmm. Such as uh, Jupiter's moon Europa, which is just, it's just water. It's just water? It's just water. It's just a ball of water? It's just pretty much a ball of frozen water. Yeah. Well, you know, they could probably break through the top layers, but that'd be some water deep down. Yeah, yeah, that's actually a big thing right now is, is, does Europa's ocean have life? Yeah, and... That'd be pretty cool if it did, right? Yeah. Uh, and also, some asteroids and comets have a lot of water on them as well. Hmm. So, there's other sources of water before they even came here. Okay. That well, Why would they invade a place to take water before they even hit Europa? Yeah. They'd probably hit Europa first. I get so it. So, another one is, what about our raw materials? You know, Earth has a lot of iron and like things to... Build uh, anything with. I know where you're going with this because we talked about this once. But he argues that, well, they've got a lot of other sources for these materials. Exactly. Like, remember, yeah, remember, asteroids. We had that, remember, we had that episode where I said whoever figures out how to mine asteroids is going to be the first yep. trillionaire. Yeah. Yeah. And there are several companies that are planning asteroid mining operations. Yeah. That's playing the long game. Yeah. That's the long game. But so they're hoping to get all kinds of things like nickel, platinum. Tungsten. tungsten. They said gold, but I don't know what you would use gold for. Yeah, well, it's a pretty good conductor. And yeah, rare earth. Oh, yeah, it is. Isn't it? Yeah. Hmm. But so he doesn't think that anyone's really going to want our stuff. Now, he did go on to say that plate tectonics are kind of a rarity for planets, which I had no idea that this was a thing. Hmm. And that there could be some things in our earth that aren't found elsewhere. That we haven't found yet. That, yeah, that we haven't found yet. Ooh. Because us having plate tectonics is not a 
normal thing. I didn't know that. I just assumed the other planets had that. That's bizarre. I did too. Yeah, very interesting. And another one is, why wouldn't someone, why wouldn't aliens just come to live here? It's a pretty great place, right? Mm. But he argues that they wouldn't want to come here because they wouldn't need to. Any civilization that is able to travel that kind of distance would also have the technology to do some bioengineering and essentially terraform a planet hmm. to make it livable. Yeah. So Isn't there's that no what reason to do with Mars. Yeah, which yep. is idiotic. Why wouldn't you want to travel out of the solar out of the solar system? Whatever. Okay, I think it's dumb. I was just gonna get angry right there. I I like the idea of doing it somewhere close by, so you know how to do it somewhere else. I guess that makes yeah. sense to me, but I'm also like, like you're moving, you're not getting any further away from the sun. Like, like. <laughs> well, the sun's not our biggest problem. <laughs> you say that, James. They say they say a couple million years, and then the sun's like tomorrow. <laughs> <laughs> so they they think that aliens would be able to terraform wherever they pleased. So there's no need to even come here to take over. It's kind of like a waste of resources. And then another one is, like, would they want to eat us? Or maybe have sex with us? <laughs> and the answer is, eh, they, they, they wouldn't want to eat us because we're not, we're not easily digestible unless they have, like, the same genetic makeup that we do. It's kind of mm. like we were saying earlier. We're so closely related with everything here, it makes it easy for us to eat everything. Yep. But if their genetic makeup isn't very similar to ours, then we're not even easily digestible, yeah. if digestible at all. We might not even be edible to anybody. Yeah, we might be toxic. Right, yeah. and we wouldn't even. And that's the exact same reason why they wouldn't be able to breed with us. Now, maybe they have the technology to like make some sweet hybrids or something like that. But the best thing they could, I was thinking, the best thing they could probably do with us is like enslave us. But any civilization that's able to travel that far. It's going to have robots to do the work. Exactly. Yeah. There's going to be no need for humans to do that. But uh, that's really the main reasons. Now, he did say that one of the reasons they would come is for like, kind of like what we've, we've talked before and one of our other alien episodes where they just come to observe and learn and interact. Just mostly what anthropologic reasons. Yeah. For. Like, similar to what we would probably do if we found a new civilization on Earth. I mean, we're not going to, but if we found a new civilization on Earth, we would most likely at this point in time probably go to observe and learn things from them instead of just wiping them out immediately. Yeah. Makes sense. Because we'd be so advanced over another, well, maybe, unless it's Atlantis and they're super advanced. (laughs) Then they're right in our own backyard. Yeah, but those are the reasons why we would probably never be invaded by aliens. I think that we're already invaded. I think they're here. Yeah. Seventy-seven. Oh, seventy-seven Vi- Thor's. Vin- yeah, seventy-seven Valiant Thor's. Could be. I mean, if they are here, <laughs> I think it's the anthropologic reasons. That, you know, I never really thought of a lot of these reasons for us not being invaded. Yeah. I always thought, like, well, of course they would. We've got all these resources. We got all these things. What? Well, why wouldn't they want it? It's like, oh, well, they probably already have yeah, it. Space yeah. is big. Space is big. And so unless they're just like the evil empire, just blowing up planets for fun, then there's like not really a reason for them to come and mess with us too much. Mm. I know. We're all disappointed. 
No, well, um, I I'm, like. I'm, I'm glad there's no flipping uh, Alpha Centauri <laughs> Columbus coming to ruin our day. I sure hope not. Never know. <laughs> I think I think that the aliens aren't bad. Although, like James said, I feel like there's probably like good ones and bad ones. Um, I have I have nothing else to say. Alex, do you have anything? Do you, Do you have anything you want to add? I was going to talk about Majestic Twelve. What about the Majestic 12? Well, it's like thinking back on the... Because I know that James and I mentioned earlier, but like Valiant Thor, it, I don't know. It just makes me think that the Majestic 12, what really was aliens listening to some of the stuff, especially James was talking about. Yeah. The idea of mm. them controlling things. I mean, yeah, if there's something... That's another thing to consider. If you're that much more advanced, it makes more sense instead of like a hostile takeover. Just send an elite crew down and have them infiltrate the government in exchange for you know, a pittance by your standards. Like, for all we know, all the amazing technology that we've developed in the past 50 years, they might be like toys <laughs> where they're from. Yeah. And so it's it, it, that could be the deal. It could just be an exchange for something that they want more so than than what they have. Hmm. Freaky yeah, stuff. That's not a bad idea. I mean, that's what Captain Cook Why did when he went to that? Hawaii. He was just like, look, iron nails. Now give us all your breadfruit. So yeah, I mean it. It could it could happen here. Yeah. Well. But they probably won't. That was an interesting episode. It did make me more nervous than like I don't know why, but just you know, you guys know aliens kind of like freak me out. Alex, yeah. when you were at your movie, I was upstairs rocking with Gwen, and all of a sudden the power was flickering on and off like in the entire house. Yeah. I got scared. I got very scared, and then I thought, what if there's an alien? I'm losing time. Why didn't you think poltergeist? Alex, stop it. Stop it. Stop it. And then Gwen's been upstairs like banging her head into the side of her crib. And she always does dunk. Yeah, but it's scary with the lights going on and off. <sighs> okay. Uh, are we are we ready to draw a topic out of the vase? All right. Um, we are going to be doing... Lab conspiracies. Lab conspiracies? Lab conspiracies. So are these just things dealing with like black and chocolate labs? I was about to say uh, Labradors run the earth. Laboratory conspiracies. And this is going to be like Plum Island. And Mm. what are the the other ones you want to discuss? I know none of these. This will be exciting. 5G. Um, there's, uh, the Texas A&M university, they got shut down for tick-borne pathogen research. Uh, they got loose, uh, stuff like that. Stuff like that. Oh yeah. Cool. So that's what we're talking about next week. If you guys want to follow us on Instagram, we're at 13th floor podcast. If you have any topics that you want us to talk about 13th floor podcast at gmail.com. Alex, who does our music? Our music is signal by Grant cook. You can find his music on Amazon Music, iTunes, Spotify, anywhere you listen to music. All right, guys. Until next time, I guess I guess it's time to check out. So we hope that you guys can keep it. Keep it. You just, what? Yeah, that was really <laughs> no you warning at all. Keep it strange. Beans? 